Hey everybody, welcome back. Now this week, I want to talk about a new offering that I have to help those of you who are experienced podcasters and also new podcasters. You've, if you've been listening to these episodes, you've probably heard my ad for my new membership site, which I recently launched officially a couple months ago called the Podcaster Pod. And you know, let me run down real quick, just in case you haven't heard the ad. It's a membership site where you get access to my eight module podcasting course called Podcasting 101. Just basically how to start up and all that sort of stuff. And I'll, I'll go into some details on that. But there's also mentorship and coaching. We have a private Slack channel, which right now has 50 people in it experienced podcasters and new podcasters. It's about half and half. We've got half of the people that have done six months a year, multiple years of releasing a podcast and getting it out into the world, and also people that are just starting out. So there's a lot of mentorship and coaching and questions that are asked in there. But we also have monthly Q&A calls where I get on and answer questions and we have discussion there. We're also doing quarterly expert calls. And actually next month on November 12th, uh, if you've listened to this podcast, you may have heard my interview with Angie Trueblood, who is a podcast PR podcast booking expert. And she's coming on this expert call next month to talk with the group about how to pitch other podcasters, how to get on other podcasts as a guest. And, you know, I also have this network that I work with of colleagues who are experts in all these sorts of things. And I'm introducing members of the podcaster pod to these people as they can help them out. And I mentioned the course. I mean, it's it's pretty complete. It starts at the beginning with the branding of your podcast and who you should even be talking to. But we also go through equipment and software, content planning, production, publishing, launch, promotion, all those sorts of things. And I wanted to talk about this because this week, actually, this episode, I'm going to share with you a recording from our Q&A call a couple months ago so you can hear some of the questions that we're asked and get those answers because we talk a lot about some new stuff that's happening in the world. And like I said, you know, it's a 50-50 split in this group between new and experienced podcasters, and they're sharing their experiences. So this is not just for new podcasters. Um, one of the things I'm working on right now is testing some Spotify ads and running ads to my podcast. And we're going to be talking about that in the group. And I do that occasionally where I'm going to try something out and then I'm going to go on and tell the group and talk about my experiences and, and help people through that process. Um, in this Q&A, I want to cover something really quickly. You're going to hear me talk about Facebook a little bit, I think, when I answer one of the questions, and Facebook podcasts. And when we did this call, that ability to add Facebook podcasts or add your podcast to your Facebook page wasn't available yet to everybody. But now it is. It's available to everyone. So in the show notes for this episode, I've got a URL for a link to Facebook's instructions on how to sign up for that, how to add your podcast to your page. So listen to this Q&A call. I hope it helps you out. And I would love to have you join us in the membership, the Podcaster Pod. And if you're interested, you can go to dannyosmond.com slash pod and then use the code JOINPODPOD, J-O-I-N-P-O-D-P-O-D, to get a free month. That's JOINPODPOD and go to dannyosmond.com slash pod. So without further ado, here's our Q&A call from the Podcaster Pod from September. Because you should always record on your computer. 
in Zoom. Don't record to the cloud because then you won't get separate tracks. That's a good thing for us all to remember, right? Uh, when you're recording your interviews, certainly. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen um, because I want to show you guys just uh, as a reminder that you can handle everything in our Slack channel. Um, there we go. That's what I want. Let me make this bigger. I can see it, that we have the call questions channel here where you can submit your questions and I'll, I'll do one of these posts each month or you can submit a question at any time and then I can see it. And Lynn did his here. So we've got that ready to go. <clears throat> but one thing also to, to note in Slack is that I recommend, first of all, using the app that you can download because that allows it, it just works much easier. It's much more smooth. And then if you right click on any of the channels that you've joined, you can change your notifications to make sure you get notified if someone asks a question uh, or like in the general channel or the call questions when I post the date, uh, which I'll probably do tomorrow for October's Q&A call, that type of thing. The way to make sure you get those is to update the notifications. They're really helpful. And then you can DM each other. You can DM me. Um, right now, I'm just getting a lot of your uh, notifications of like, hey, you've joined and so happy you're here. <clears throat> so Slack is going to be the place that you handle all of the communication. Um, don't don't even like worry about emailing me or Susanna directly. You can just DM us in Slack and then we've got it collected there. Um, so we know we can get back to you and not lose that communication because you know she and I are getting emails all the time from people who are clients and not, and it, it just gets, things get lost in email sometimes. So that's why I really like Slack. Um, so I've got a few things that we're gonna cover today. And, uh, but I wanted to start with Lynn's question first, because Lynn asked a question about Riverside.fm, which I've been um, mentioning recently in terms of an alternative to uh, Zoom. And let me see, I can actually go in here and find, um, I will show you in the course as well when it switches over. For those of you that aren't familiar with this new platform that we're using, it's called uh, Brand U Funnels, but it's built on something called Go High Level, which was built by some former um, ClickFunnels people. So that's, we have our whole system in there now. If you go in the course that you've got access to, if you go to... Where is it? Right here, week four, production part one. There's a video covering Riverside, um, which you can watch, but you can also go to their website, riverside.fm. Um, they have a bunch of frequently asked questions and things like that now, and you can see their pricing. Number one reason I'm recommending them is that we now have an option that is higher quality that is the same price as Zoom. And that's under the, the standard package. Most of you don't record more than five hours per month. But if you need more than that, it's only about $9 more. <clears throat> um, but you get your separate tracks, your separate video tracks. The only limitation right now with Riverside is that uh, it only works on Chrome. I would assume that they are 
you know, quickly working to get it available on other browsers, but most people are using Chrome, which I think is why they started with it. Um, and the reason I like it is it's higher quality, meaning it. if I was interviewing Susanna right now, it would be recording Susanna through her browser directly from her mic, whereas Zoom is recording it, compressing it, uploading it to their cloud, and then sending it back down. That's how they work. So this is why it's a little higher quality. But in terms of how it works, it works exactly the same as Zoom, <laughs> pretty much. There's there's even elements of it that look the same. Um, you know, you're going to send people, you're going to send people the um, a link basically, and they're going to click on it and it's going to open Riverside in their browser. And they're going to, you know, if you've used Microsoft Teams, it works very similar to that. It's going to say, select your microphone, select your camera, and then you're good to go. The only thing that the that you have to remember when recording in Riverside is that, and, and they do a good job when you end the call, when you end the recording, it does a really good job of telling your guest immediately, do not close the browser because they need you to keep the browser open to convert. It's just like how you have to keep Zoom open at the end to convert the call. But because it's using the two browsers, you have to remind your guest not to close the browser. That would help. But then Riverside also says, don't close the browser. Like when they click end, uh, a dialogue comes up and says, don't close the browser, leave it open. Um, so that's really the only thing you you need to worry about with um, with Riverside. And if you read through their FAQ, uh, FAQ and go through some of their video tutorials, you can see a lot more detail in terms of how to use it, how to change the settings and things like that. And I have some interviews coming up where I'm going to be recording in Riverside. So I will be adding those into the course at some point so that you can see that. Um, okay, so let me stop sharing. Yeah, tough lesson when you accidentally lose a recording. <laughs> but I, I've had that happen to me in Zoom. I've had Zoom crash and you can't get the, the recording and it's a pain. Okay, so um, at any point during this call, because uh, that was the only question we had submitted ahead of time, if you have any questions, Go ahead and put them in the chat. We don't have you know, so many people on the call that will miss a question. So go ahead and submit those. Um, I've got some things that I want to share, but we can um, answer questions as well. So if you haven't uh, looked through Slack, like if you just joined this last weekend, um, we had a launch going to my email list. If you just joined, go back through some of the threads in the general channel uh, in... Slack. There's a few good ones recently from the last few weeks. Um, and in particular, Teresa had some really good questions about advertising. And there were a lot of questions answered in detail by me about advertising. Um, one of the things she asked about was YouTube as well. That uh, people... You know, when you start podcasting and you're thinking about putting your episodes out there, there's the temptation to just, uh, like in Libsyn, you can connect to YouTube or you can just publish it directly to YouTube. And what we found is that full episodes going on YouTube with just a static image or, um, or 
the, you know, some type of thumbnail that you've created or, or whatever and, and, and changes. And even if it's captioned, people don't spend that much time watching episodes like that on YouTube. Um, it would be much better to say, record your interview in zoom or, or, or Riverside or record your, uh, podcast episode as a video in quick time so that you've got something where you're looking, you know, people can see you while you're recording or do it as a live broadcast and then take that video and then use a tool like Descript, uh, which is recommended in the course to pull a two minute clip from your interview that was really good or a four minute clip, something shorter than like five minutes tends to perform better on YouTube. Even if it's just a side-by-side interview, giving something that's short that people can understand that it covers this little topic, um, to, to focus on that, that tends to perform better on YouTube. So let me see here. I've got some questions already. Um, so Lynn is saying that my mic is a ways away from me. Uh, it might be a little bit of an optical illusion, but if I keep it where it is right now, it's about three to four inches away from my face. It looks a lot further, but like if I put my hand, you can see how far it goes into my face. It's actually only about a fist away. That's probably just a video trick that's happening there. Um, so generally two to four inches, like you don't want to be up like this because then you get all the pops and stuff like that. Uh, Teresa asked one time you mentioned it was worth the money to upgrade hosting plans. So I have more stats and such geographical data is really interesting. Now that I have all the additional info players, browsers, et cetera, what else am I looking for specifically and how can I use that data more strategically? Um, Teresa, I think you may be, it may be when I was talking about dynamic ad insertion. Um, generally, when you upgrade a hosting plan, like with Libsyn, from Libsyn regular to Libsyn plus, or uh, from 15 to 20. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'll continue on the dynamic ad insertion for a second, and then maybe I'll show you guys. Um, so from... Libsyn Plus or Libsyn Pro, which are much more expensive per month, uh, like $150 per month. It allows me to do dynamic ad insertion. Like I can put my ads wherever I want across all these different episodes, but it also gives me advertising stats. So I can see how people are downloading my ad. And, you know, if, if an ad is a minute long and it counts as a download, then you're guaranteed that they listen to the whole ad. So that's one of the things that's nice for advertisers to see. Um, but in terms of like, if I go here, let me look at Libsyn <clears throat> because they may have updated their packages recently there. They've been changing some stuff. Um, yeah, from the classic 250 to the advanced 400. The biggest difference is the advanced stats. And let me show you some of those things. There's the advanced IAB version two stats um, in addition to the, um, what is it? The addition to the amount of space that you get. Pull up. I'm going to share my screen now. 
Uh, and I'm going to log in. I'm going to log in to my um, account so that you guys don't see anybody else's stats. I don't mind showing mine. This is Libsyn Pro, but it's the same type of stats that you would see with the advanced um, sections. So if we go into here, if you are on one of the classic plans, your stats stop right here with this thing where you see downloads per episode. You don't see downloads per de destination. So how people are listening, where they're listening from, whether it's your RSS feed or Spotify or on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Pandora, Gaunt, you know, like all these different destinations that are in Libsyn. Um, and then the geographic is is very interesting you know i can see which states i have the most downloads in i apparently have the most listeners in ohio um so maybe i need to go to ohio and do some stuff but you can also see cities and things like that um, you also get user agents so you can see how your listeners are actually listening to you and for most people, that's going to be Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can see here, though, I see that I get a lot of listens on Chrome, which means that people are going to my site and listening. That's the embedded player on my site. Um, if I saw there's Safari as well, if I expand it, I bet I'm going to see some, yeah, Mozilla right there. So I've got a good number of people listening on my site. In addition to Spotify, in addition to like Overcast and Apple, that's the same, the Apple directory. Um, so if I see here that I've got a bunch of listeners on Overcast, I might decide to do some things, which I'm actually going to mention in a second um, about stuff you uh, that we can talk about on this podcast. But th that's going to be the biggest difference is that you um, can see... You can see more in there. Um, okay, so let me let me get through these questions here. Okay, so we talked about that. Okay, so Hope is actually seeing some engagement on her videos. <clears throat> so that's a good example of it's not always true. My guess is that if you were doing more of a business strategy podcast, uh, you wouldn't see as much as like your audience, which is much broader in terms of the people that would be interested in what you're um, talking about. Hope, if for those of you that don't know Hope, Hope is a medium and she talks to other mediums about how to become a medium, be a better medium, grow their business, all that type of stuff. Um, but it's a much wider ranging group audience that comes from everywhere. So that that may explain a little bit of that. It could be also the type of audience. Uh, YouTube audiences may be more interested in seeing your stuff as well. Um, Teresa also said, wondering about thoughts on the Facebook podcast option. On permission requires and who owns the content. Yeah, I mean, that's always... Uh, it's always a concern with these new services where you know if if they um if they're asking you to have a non-transferable irrevocable license to use your content when they ask for permissions that's a bad thing i've also heard a lot of it, people that have started to set up the facebook podcast option that it's it's really buggy right now they're having trouble figuring out who's seeing it and who's not um but 
I can also say, given the size of the audience that's on Facebook, I would be more likely to trust and and get my podcast up there on Facebook and give people the option to listen through Facebook because of the size of the audience and because Facebook has intended to take people's content and use it to their advantage other than the fact that like everything that's on Facebook is content <laughs> and they're already making money off of that um so this is really just more of a way to let you let your audience on Facebook access some of the things you're creating um yeah I was going to talk I'm going to talk about the some of my recent recent uh podcast episodes so let me let me click over to there so I can remember what I was going to talk about. Um, <clears throat> so first, one of the things that I wanted to talk about relating to advertising is that, and I mentioned this on a podcast episode a few weeks ago. Uh, I've also sent out an email um, to some of our clients about this, is the idea of rather than paying money to advertise on Facebook, like buying Facebook ads to advertise your podcast, it's actually a better idea to advertise on podcast platforms and podcast apps. So you can go to, and I'll, uh, I'll post these links. Let me find them real quick. I'm going to post them in Slack right now. Um, weekly. There we go. You can advertise on Spotify on Overcast, on Castro, on CastBox. These are all podcast apps. I'm going to put this in Slack right now in the resources. Actually, I'm going to put this in the general channel for the moment. Okay, here we go. Um, so you can advertise on all of these platforms. And you can record an ad so people can hear your voice in spotify you can choose different psychographics that spotify has from how people consume music um, and you can get at some of the emotions they're feeling and things like that um, and then the idea of getting on these podcast apps is that you're putting your ad during other podcasts where people are already listening to podcasts and are more likely to click over and listen to a different podcast because of something they heard in an ad about that podcast. <clears throat> so that's why I recommend it because most of the people I know that have done Facebook ads for their podcasts say they don't work. They don't convert. Whereas I've heard a lot of people getting numbers from advertising in podcast apps. It's that idea of... You're borrowing audiences by being present on other podcasts, um, and and that can help. And that can help. Um, so let's see here. Okay. Oh, and I see. Yeah. Thank you, Suzanne. I think this um, must be. Let me make sure. Podcast. You talk about this. Changes to the Apple feed listing in light of that what outline format better have a quick teaser oh okay yeah Teresa. i'm going to talk about this in just a second as well i, th I think i understand what you're asking um Teresa has a lot of questions like if you ever are worried a question's not going to get asked Teresa is always thinking like that's one thing that's been really impressive about Teresa. i'm glad she's 
in this membership is because she's always thinking about her podcast. Um, and she'll, she'll think about your, her podcast enough that you guys won't have to worry sometimes that things will get asked. Um, okay, so before I get to that, I want to go through a couple of... Actually, yeah, that was the next thing I want to talk about. Go back to episode 104 of my podcast. This is where I talked about... Um, uh, I talked about Rob Walsh's Libsyn session at Podcast Movement. And there's a lot, a lot of great things came from that. So I urge you to go back and listen to that episode because it really goes into depth into some of the information. But the the difference, the, the change is not to Apple's feed. The change is not to anything other than Apple's app. The Apple Podcast app, and it, it all came about because... Um, Apple now has a premium option where you can provide premium content that people pay for through Apple's podcast directory. Okay. Um, and it, you actually have to get, uh, I believe, a different app to access it, or you, I, I forget how you access it at the moment. But what they changed was. Partially, it was it was a logistical reason, you know, up until the 14.5 iOS update. If you if you followed a show on Apple Podcasts, you were a subscriber, right? You subscribed to a podcast. And so there was the the naming issue there that now we're going to have people pay and people think of subscribing as paying, so we've got to clear that confusion. But before that happened when people would search for a podcast in Apple's directory or an Apple's app. The first thing they saw was the, the podcast art and then a big purple button that said subscribe. Okay. And then you'd see the trailer episode and all this and the description above that. So that was how people saw your show and, and uh, learned about your show. <coughs> Excuse me. But what they had to do now is you follow a show. So when they changed the app and they updated it with 14.5, now if you want to follow a show, which means you get notified as soon as an episode is published and all that sort of stuff, there's just a little plus button in the upper right-hand screen. If you're if you're if you got your iPhone now, you can go in there and, and check that out. Um, so that's how you follow now. But the big button that everybody sees when they search for a show or search to find a show. The big purple button now says latest episode. And that is a monumental change in how we promote our podcasts going forward. In the past, it's been, oh, they're automatically going to see our description right away. They're going to see the trailer episode first. They'll listen to that. They'll get a good idea of what our show's about. And then they'll listen to episode one or the latest episode or whatever. Now, Apple has said, big purple button. This is what we want you to click on latest episode. So now and going forward until they, if they change this ever, the first 30 seconds of your latest episode is now going to be the most important episode you ever create. So every week, the first 30, 30 seconds of your latest episode is now the most important. So as you think about how to move forward with your podcast, you know, a lot of you will do the the quote that really grabs people's attention from the episode. That's pretty good. Um, I can see arguments for continuing that. Like, I think that's a good idea uh, because you you know your current 
current listeners are always going to be your most important listeners. They're the ones that are there every week. They're the ones that follow you. It's subscribe or whatever you want to call them. They're your subscribers. But now for growing your podcast, it's going to be really important to get people's attention right away. And then also in your introduction, be really clear about this is this podcast. This is what it's about. This is why it exists. And then go into the episode. So uh, I think most of you, if you, if you're our clients and you're on this call, <clears throat> and we work on your show, you've already got an introduction that really tells people um, what you know what your show is about. It's 30 seconds long. It's 45 seconds long. It's it really covers the goal of the podcast. It tells people who you are. If you're starting a podcast, it's going to be really important to do that. So I really urge you to go into that course um, in the in the podcaster pod. Go into that course and look at what I recommend for a description. Look at what I recommend for a trailer episode. Look at what I, how I turn that description into the introduction that happens every episode. Because now all the new people are likely to click on your latest episode before they read the description before they click on the trailer episode. Okay, so that, that's gonna be something really important to remember going forward. Um, another recent episode that you might wanna check out is episode 102 of my podcast, Podcast Strategies with Danny Osmond. Um, in episode 102, I went over a bunch of interview techniques, um, particularly techniques that uh, I was hearing from Jeff Brown, who's a really, um, veteran podcaster in Nashville recently, where he talked about how too many interviewers um, don't think about the listener as someone sitting at the table with them during the interview. They think of it as, uh, you know, I recorded this two weeks ago. I'm playing this for you now. Please enjoy this. They introduce it that way. And then during the interview, they talk about, you know, when my listeners hear this, or could you tell, you know, essentially the idea is when you're doing your interview, imagine you're sitting at a table in a restaurant with the guest across from you and your listener sitting right next to you. So if you were having that as a conversation, you'd bring them in, you'd, you'd say us, you'd say we, things like that. So go back and listen to that episode. Um, that'll be really helpful. And thank you, Susanna, for popping that into the chat, the link to the podcast. You can also see all my latest episodes at this link, dannyosmond.com slash podcasts. Um, so check that out. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about before, and we got a, we got a little bit um, left, but one thing I want you, uh, several of you did this summer, I know so those of you that are already podcasting, Hope is here. She's a, She's been going for a little over a year. Lynn has a little over two years, maybe even close to three years of experience right now. Teresa has been podcasting for a while as well. Um, Hope is a good example. Hope took some time off this summer and did a replay series. A lot of podcasters do this. They do six weeks of their top six episodes, top five episodes. And they do a little quick introduction that says, hey, this is a replay series, blah, blah, blah. Um, but one thing I also want to urge you to think about is um, considering really popular series that you did or really popular episodes and 
promoting them all the time or relaunching them occasionally. So you wouldn't actually put them back in your feed where they would show up as a new episode for listeners. But in your social media, you might do a launch where you say, hey, you know, make sure you go back and check out this and, and do a couple of clips from those episodes in your social media over a few days with the links for people to listen to them. Just to remind people that there's really good content that they should always be listening to. Um, you know, you might find that they're just like in the replays where you you put popular episodes up because people have joined you since you did that episode 50 episodes ago. Um, just doing this occasionally is going to remind people that follow you that, oh, yeah, I, I totally missed that episode or wow, I didn't know about that. Um, I spent this morning listening to three episodes of a podcast uh, that I started listening to a year ago, a year and a half ago that they did three years ago. And I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. And I went back and listened to it. Um, yeah, uh, Lynn is mentioning here, he uses SmarterQ um, to re-promote old episodes. That's a, uh, uh, it's not really an ECRM, but it kind of is. It's like a social media scheduler slash, I forget what it's called. Um, but I've liked how that has worked. A lot of people use that tool to um, re-promote things. And then Hope mentioned here, she learned from Mike, uh, prepare the audience that you're going to do that and don't ever take a break for a long time or you have to work to get your numbers back. Yeah, don't take a break, stay consistent. It's one of the things that I talk about all the time. Um, prepare people for a break, but then also don't just like disappear. Uh, for a few weeks and things like that. Yeah, you, do, you don't want to disappear because consistency really impacts your audience. Um, oh, and then, yeah, let me share. Let me share my screen one more time, show you one more thing in Slack. And, and if anybody has any last questions, feel free to go ahead and drop them in there. Um, so yeah, I put these in here. This is the link for ads on Spotify, Overcast ads, promoting on Castro, and the um, CastBox, how to be apply to be featured. They, they do a featuring thing. They don't actually have ads. And uh, so always make sure you check in this resources channel. We've um, loaded some things in here over, over, the, um, over the past year or so since we've had this open... Um, you know, Dwayne shared something, uh, resources for personal brands from Robbie Fowler. Robbie's amazing. Robbie's going to be on one of these calls as an expert. Um, Robbie Fowler, Jeff Coleman is a copywriter. Dwayne Zingale, some of you know, is my director of marketing. <clears throat> Dwayne and those two guys are going to be working on redoing both of my websites, uh, rewriting the copy updating the SEO and all that sort of stuff. We're going to document that process. And then Robbie and Jeff are going to come on and talk about what they did and why they did it, uh, how to improve the SEO on your site. There's a resource here from Heather Osgood, True Native Media, about advertising, how to work with advertisers, tools, tactics, um, that has a code where you can get 25% off the courses that she offers. She's an expert in uh, getting advertisers. So if you're at that point where you're thinking about it, that's a good resource. 
Um, I also just put this one in here. If you are building a website or you already have a website, um, I switched to WPX hosting about a year ago. I've been extremely happy. It saved me a lot of money because it's only $30 a month. Uh, and I've got all my sites there. <clears throat> so I really like them a lot. And you can go to this link and find them. Um, also, if you're starting to work on your email list, uh, let's see here what happened. Why did that not show up? There we go, slash convert kit. Um, the tool that we use for um, email is ConvertKit. And that's what my list is built on. Um, that's what I'll, most of the marketing people I talk to uh, really like in terms of the, their best tool, especially if you're not going to pay for um, a larger tool like Kartra or ClickUp or Infusionsoft, something that's an ECRM. Uh, ConvertKit seems to be the most popular email management system uh, amongst the um, marketing people I know. But we're always dropping stuff uh, into the um, into the resources channel for you guys to take a look at. Mm -mm. So Teresa has one last question here. Sponsor conversation. When you have a sponsor for three months, at what point do you start booking out past that? And do you approach the current sponsor first to give an option and start talking to others? I would do both. Um, I, I would always be talking to the current sponsor, uh, giving them regular updates on how many people are downloading your ad or listening to your ad or downloading the episodes, giving them screenshots. But at the same time, also always talking to other sponsors because unless you have a title agreement where they're the they have paid to be the only sponsor in your episodes, you could be having them in the middle of your episode. You could put someone else at the end. You could put someone else at the beginning. Um, you could have ad breaks where you <clears throat> do it in the middle and you do three ads in a row. Just get them over and done with and, and, and get out of the way. Um, so yeah, I would always be having conversations to make sure uh, you've got something in the pipeline if there's interest, if there's interest. Cool. 